Blog Talk Radio. Aprite un po' quegli occhi, uomini incauti e sciocchi, guardate queste femmine, guardate cosa sono, guardate cosa sono. Hi, this is Mildred Tassoni, and this is Welcome to the Neighborhood NY.com. Um, today we have Jason Marcus with Continental Home Loans. Jason, hello. Hi, Mildred. How are you today? Good. And we have Karen and Gleema from Keller Williams Greater Nassau. Hi, Karen. How are you? Good, Mildred. How are you? Hi, Jason. Good. Hi, Karen. How are you? Good, good. Um, so what we're going to do, today's schedule, we're going to do a half hour. Jason's going to start off with whatever uh, the hot uh, mortgage topics of the week are. And then uh, Karen and I are going to have a discussion, and Jason, I don't know if you can stay for the whole time, but we're going to talk about pricing your home correctly. Um, it's a it's one of the best ways to get your home sold quickly, and even with appraisals, it, it, you, if you overprice, it's not going to do you any good, and so Jason might want to address that, too. So, uh, Jason, do you want to start off with, uh, oh, wait, you know what? I'm sorry. Let me just do the disclaimer. The show is intended is not intended to uh, or offer as legal advice. The materials have been prepared for educational and informational purposes only. They are not legal advice or legal opinions on any specific matters. Um, no, no person should act or fail to act on any legal matter based on the contents of the show. Um, and so I think that takes care of it for today. So Jason, if you want to start. Sure. Uh, obviously, most people have been noticing that the stock market has, you know, been rallying and um, has been, you know, on the rise. Uh, that usually has a negative effect on interest rates, um, especially if you understand how interest rates moved. What winds up happening is when the stock market starts to rally, most of the time people are going to pull money out of treasuries in the bond market, which is where interest rates wind up getting moved by the purchasing of mortgage-backed securities and puts it into the stock market. And when the stock market's rallying, more people are going to pull money out of that bond market to put into the stock market. Now, in the last couple of weeks, um, anybody that's been paying attention has been seeing, you know, a lot of positive news starting to come out, um, people uh, disclosing their first quarter earnings, a lot of uh, positive, the change to the mark-to-market rule, which has caused um, a lot of different ways where businesses are now starting to show profits, and it looks like it's starting to spark the economy a little bit. The great news is when the government came out and the Fed came out and said that they were planning on buying up mortgage-backed securities somewhere over $350 billion and $700 billion plus um, in total in treasuries, that did a number on helping out, obviously, getting this spark started. The good thing is, is they didn't purchase it all at one time. So the really, really, really good news is things continue to kind of prog- progress forward and the stock market itself continues to rally. Not only is the economy starting to, you know, go in the right direction, but with the way that the Fed is purchasing these mortgage-backed securities, anytime there's a little bit of a rise in the interest rate, the government is methodically buying mortgage-backed securities, which is driving them back down. 
So anytime you're in the mortgage world or you're watching interest rates and you're starting to see the stock market rally, you get a little concerned that that's going to have a real bad impact on rates and we're going to have erratic interest rates and they're going to spike up. Um, that hasn't been happening because the government and the Fed have been wise enough to methodically start buying these mortgage-backed securities maybe once or twice a week over the course of you know the next six weeks. So this is going to do two things, which it's going to continue to help all the stocks in the stock market, but also keep interest rates low. Anybody that's been paying attention to the bank stocks, um, your Citibank hit an all-time low just under a dollar. That's tripled. They're up to $3. Bank of America stock down to somewhere in the mid-threes. That's trading over 7 Chase, which got down to as low as 15 up to 30 this is where it begins. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about this before. It all starts with the housing market and the bank side of things. And I'm starting to see a lot of positives coming out. And I think that's going to really start to parlay as the new um, buyers hit the market for this spring and, the, and hopefully um, a, a buyer's influx comes into the market, which I'm seeing on my side. I think I'm really fired up about the positives that are going on on all ends right now. So that's kind of where we're at, Mildred. And, you know, the outlook's starting to look good. It's not that bleak, as Ben loves to say, gloom and doom type of, uh, type of uh, look to things. So things are starting to improve. I can see it already. Good. Um, yeah, I've noticed uh, some more people. Um, so, Karen, what I wanted to talk to you with you about is pricing. I actually have several um, people that I'm discussing pricing their home with. And I, you, I think that's one of the most difficult things in the selling process. Um, there's lots of websites, how to stage your home, make it look pretty, curb appeal. You can do all that. But people still have in their mind, but I put a marble floor in my basement. It should be worth more. You know, so it just it, it, it because and I think because there's so much emotion um, involved that you've lived in your home, you've raised your family, um, you've done all these things. You know, it's emotional, so they think it should be worth more. So, Jason, first, I'd like us to talk about how to um, work with sellers, and then I'd like you to comment on. Um, how, why overpricing won't work, even if you think you can get somebody, unless they they give you huge amounts of you know cash. It's from a, from a mortgage perspective. So Karen, do you want to start talking about pricing your home correctly? Your thoughts on that? You have a lot of experience. Yeah, yeah, Mildred. Um, basically, the bottom line is always money, and if you don't price your home from the get go, out of the starting gate, the right price you are, are setting yourself up for failure. You know, the market is very hot the first six weeks that a new house comes on the market. And basically, you know, what we've been finding is that you need to pr uh, price yourself in the top ten of your neighborhood, you know, of the hottest houses around there, because the, the, in, in this day and age, price is what sells the house. I don't care if you have 16 bathrooms in your house. I don't care how much granite you've thrown on the counters. I don't care if you put gold on your faucets in the bathrooms. It's not going to increase the value of your house, not in this day and age. 
you know, what, what your taste is necessarily for your house doesn't mean that the next buyer is going to like that taste. They can go into the house, they can look at it and say, you know what, I don't want gold faucets. You know, I'm not that extravagant. I'm going to make my life a little simpler. So, you know, it, it's not even about taste. It's not even about how much money you've put into the house. The bottom line is comps, what the houses have been selling for in the past three months within a one-mile radius of your house. The banks have cracked down. They're very strict. Now, if I do my comps, okay, I, I generally do not want my houses to stay on the market for more than three months. And I feel that, you know, when the realtors come in and they say, oh, I need a year listing. Well, you know what? I don't need a year listing because I want to sell that house in less than three months. I don't want to sit on somebody's house for more than, more than a year. It's just not worth it. And, it's in, and the longer it sits on the market, the, the more money you're going to lose on your house. So if that house is not priced out of the starting gate, the correct price, you're going to lose four to $6,000 every single month that that house stays on the market. And when you listen to people who are knowledgeable about the market and have, are, are constantly studying the market and are well-educated about the market, and you know, that would be the reason why you would probably hire a realtor to, to do this job for you is because they are educated and they do know the market and they do know the area and the comps and what's sold. You have to listen. I mean, my, my, my average retention rate is 5% within asking price. And that just goes to show you that, you know, if, it, if it's not priced right, the minute you put it on that market, you're, you're setting yourself up for a downfall. And if your neighbor, neighbor made $100,000 more than you did than when you are selling your home, your neighbor also paid $100,000 more for their new home. So, you know, it's six, of, six what do they say? Six to one, half a dozen to the other? Right, right. Um, how do you um, find, uh, when you're trying to convince someone, do you, do you find that a, a, just a few numbers, do you let them think about it? Because um, I find that's the hardest thing. I can slice and dice the numbers, but they sometimes people are so resistant to it. Do you think they should just think about it for a little bit or... Well, Mildred, honestly, honestly, I feel, look, if you're, if you're going in and you're doing a listing presentation to these homeowners, okay, you need, really need to find the root of what they want to do. Are they serious about selling their house or they just want to put it on the market just to test the waters? You know, it, you have to find out how serious they are because if mm -hmm. they're seriously um, considering fulfilling their dreams and moving next to their grandchildren or wherever it is that they want to be, then they seriously have to listen to you about pricing that home. And I come in with, with homes that have recently sold on their block within the last three months. I, or if I can't find it on their block, I will go within a mile radius. But I don't go back any further than three months because by the time you sign the listing, by the time you get it uh, marketed, by the time you put the sign up, you're already losing the time, okay, from when you did that, um, uh, uh, that CNA. Right. So, mm -hmm. You really need to do do your due diligence. You need to price it. Let's say let's say I'm on your block and I just found out that a house sold for 470 on your block, and the homeowner sits there and tells me, well, I want 559, and if they don't understand that the last house sold was 470, that was just like your house, you know, right away that's an overpriced listing, and I'll say, you know, I'll walk away because to mm -hmm. me that's not a serious seller who wants to sell their house and they just don't get it. And and I find that really is the thing. They get a price in their mind, and, you know, it's just not going to happen in this day and age. 
Jason, will you just tell us, suppose you get, suppose someone goes in, takes a listing, and let's use this example. The house is sold for 470. Um, they say I want 559. So a lot of realtors, they just say, okay, let's take it and then we'll drop the price. We'll drop the price. You know, and they do these huge price reductions. But even at 559, suppose somebody walked in and said, oh, I'll buy, this is great. I'll buy, I love it. I love the marble basement. So from a mortgage standpoint, Jason, you want to just address that fact, how it's not going to work? Well, I mean, the only the only way – well, first off, I mean, in this type of market, anybody that is paying more than a house is worth, uh, that's a little head-scratching, you know, especially in this right. type of market because we're on the decline. So, I mean, that's pretty drastic of a, uh, of a spread. So let's kind of like let's, – let's shrink that spread a little bit, sure. Mildred, because right now, I mean, you're not getting – I mean, there are those situations where I guess that would occur, but, I mean, that's really, really wide. Let's say there's only a $10,000 difference, okay? Now, naturally, as we've discussed before, there's two major products which you can really get in the mortgage world, one being the FHA, which will allow you to put down as little as 3.5%. But, you know, your regular person right now is basically purchasing houses conventionally with putting 10% down. So if for some reason when you send out the appraisal, um, that house winds up appraising for $10,000 lower, a prospective buyer has to not only come up with the 10% to make that deal, they have to make up the difference on where the appraisal um, came in short. So if on a $400,000 house, and let's just say it only came in for three ninety, they would wind up having to put the $40,000 down plus an additional $10,000 to make up the difference. So that obviously can wind up being an issue. Now, what's going to wind up happening in our market, which is going to be a major issue moving forward, is a couple things. One, as more of these short sales and foreclosures um, keep getting bought and sold, that's going to kind of uh, make it a little bit wackier from what Karen was talking about in regards to the comps. Like if you're winding up and let's just say, three to five houses have sold in a development where the appraisal is going to comp out and two of them were short sales, it's going to kind of offset pricing and kind of change that a little bit. But let's kind of move past that for a second. And a real big change in the uh, appraisal side of things is that lenders and mortgage brokers alike have to go through a centralized um, specific uh, department was set up now within the banks itself to order appraisals where me, myself, and my processor can't <clears throat> directly talk to an appraiser. Where in the past, if I have a situation where the house was coming, like I, had, I was a little concerned, I would obviously talk to the appraiser and tell them, listen, you know, I really need you to push this, this envelope to get my value they felt that this wasn't in the best interest of the market and the government has changed that, those rules and regulations, making it only that the specific people within the bank, will only one faction of the bank itself can deal with these appraisers. So I'm not going to have as much pull in regards to having these important conversations about value. And appraisers themselves... Are you still there, Mildred? 
Yeah, can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah. So what's and now that kind of changes things. Where appraisers back in the past, they were concerned with if let's just say a bank or a loan officer they didn't um, come in with a value, they had they were afraid that the bank might throw them off their approved appraiser list or not you know give them any more business. Now with the changes, the appraisers themselves are you get put on a master list on a bank. So let's just say for my, my example, my bank, Continental, we'll put five appraisers on there. It becomes a round robin on who winds up getting the appraisal. So it's not specific. I can't say I want this particular appraiser to appraise these, this house. It's going to be one of the five that happen to be on our bank list. Now, for some reason, we make contact with an appraiser and say, if you don't bring my appraisal in for the right number, you're going to wind up getting kicked off our list. They have a 1-800 number that they can call directly to the banking department to issue a complaint if we unjustly throw them off the list. This will change dramatically what is going on with appraisers because the appraisers themselves now don't have to sit there and worry about, oh my God, if I don't bring in this appraisal in for the bank, then they're going to throw me off, which is going to change things on where they're coming in with value. They have no fear of losing, let's just say, an account based off value, so I think they're going to tighten up and make it even that much more difficult. Did you get the grasp of what I was talking about? Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's kind of where we're at in the appraisal world. It's, it's changing drastically. Yeah. Do you think it's going to take any more time with that system in the, for the process, or do you think it won't really affect it? Well, for mortgage brokers, it's going to be nearly impossible. I mean, they are doing everything under the sun to get rid of mortgage brokers, and this is yet just another, um, another thing which is going to just make brokers' lives so much more difficult. Like I was saying, a, a specific um, faction within the bank is going to get set up. Appra appraisals cannot be ordered by mortgage brokers, where in the past they can just, you know, choose an appraiser, order the appraiser. As long as the bank was okay with it, when they send their file to a bank, um, that was fine. Now a, a broker basically has to go through a bank just to get to the appraiser. So now you've got, like, multiple steps where back in, you know, a few months back, a broker can call directly to an appraiser. Now it's like the broker has to submit the file to the bank, then they have to, you know, they can't even tell the processor that they submitted to that they need to order the appraiser. They have to take it to the next step, and the processor has to contact the person within the company that's handling the appraisals, and then the appraisal gets ordered. So it, it, makes, it, it makes it kind of tough for the, the mortgage brokers out there. With us, it might, it's probably going to be a little bit easier because obviously internally um, inside my bank, I don't have like a centralized office where I have to send files out to. Everything gets done internally in my corporate office, and that's where I work out of. So instead of walking down the first hallway to order the or have the processor order the appraisal, I just go a little further down the hallway and go into another department to order the appraisal. So in my world, it's not going to make much of a difference in regards to the time frame, but you're going to see, like especially when they implement new systems. It takes a little while to work the kinks out, and right now, as most of the people out there have been kind of paying attention to, the banks are moving slow as molasses because when they cut back after all this whole debacle happened with the economy, they didn't 
anticipate the fact that the government was going to spark this sort of mini refinance boom and the banks, anybody that's been trying to refinance out there and dealing with your major institutions, it's been taking eternity, even on the purchase ends. I'm getting a lot of phone calls on people telling me that, you know, they, they contacted one of the bigger institutions and it's, it took them three and a half weeks to run a credit report. So I can only anticipate that this little change to the appraisal side is just going to make the process even take that much longer. I mean, because to me it seems like uh, it's even more of a reason, if, especially if you have a deadline when you really want to move by, to price it right. Wouldn't you agree, Karen? Yeah. I mean, you know what's funny, though, Jason? <laughs> I've been hearing about the weirdest things. First of all, it's taking forever to close these houses, and the banks are coming up with the, the most ridiculous things now. What, what is this I hear about um, an asbestos air test? What the heck is I that? Ha I haven't heard about that yet. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a new one that they threw into the mix. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it makes logical sense. You know, you, you need clean air when people are moving into places. I would think that that would be something that would be part of the inspection. It's going to be actually something that they uh, put into play that has to be done, kind of like a termite, I'm guessing. <laughs> Jason, all I know is that these loans are taking like five to six months to close, whereas we, we were closing them in less than three months. Well, you know, I mean, it's I... Just they keep coming up with so many different issues. You know, they, 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 they want your lungs, they want your kidneys, they want you know, your firstborn. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. That's, that's, that's interesting because I hadn't heard about that. I can see where older homes here on Long Island, they might want that. But uh, I guess what we'll have to do is ask uh, one of the inspectors. That's a question we'll uh, ask one of the inspectors what what tests they're going to do and how long that's going to take, or is there a little machine that does it in the air, or does it have to be sent away? Or um, so, Yeah, it's, it's gotten uh, crazy, Mildred, in regards to, uh, and it continues, like if Karen, Karen obviously uh, is accurate, this and they force us to start adding this to the whole process, uh, I mean, it's, I know you guys have started seeing issues with the buried oil tanks, too. I mean, it, it's just... It's never ending. Like, I sit there and I cringe every time, you know, an inspector gets in there and gives me the update on what's going on in that house, that what 10 things I'm going to have to overcome just to get this mortgage closed. Um, it's, it's scary. It, they, they make it very, very, very difficult. We all understand why. You know, they want to, at the end result, protect the consumer. But um, it's gotten crazy, and they're going to get to the point where they make it impossible for anybody to buy anything. It's not going to help anybody. Um, yeah, Karen, do you have any other comments that you thought of while we were talking about about talking to your buyers, uh, your sellers about this? Uh, do you generally recommend an inspection? Would that might be something that you you do? No, um, it, you right. Like that's yeah, you know, there, there, there are a lot of companies out there right now that do, um, when you take the listing, they'll do a pre-inspection, and mm -hmm. a lot of the times the buyers are very satisfied with the fact that the homeowner went the extra length to go and do a, a pre-inspection on the property. And, you know, at least that tells you what you're up against. I mean, you know, generally when I take listings, I, I kind of pick up on the, on the small things that um, an engineer might find, like GFI outlets or, uh, you know, smoke detectors or 
or in-ground oil tanks. I mean, I just took a listing in East Meadow, and I told them to, to yank the in-ground oil tank because an attorney sees that, and they go ballistic. They want mm-hmm. soil tests. They want this. They want that. So, you know, you, don't, you really don't want to do a soil test because, God forbid, they puncture the tank, then you've got an EPA issue on your hands. So you're right. better off uh, filling in and abandoning the tank with sand. Cost you maybe 1500 bucks. Done deal. You put the above-ground tank, and, and, and that's it. So yeah. there's a lot of things to avoid um, that just might kill deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why I think uh, f- for potential sellers to listen to some of these things um, and do them, they save you money and time. You know, unless, again, I think the day of, oh, but I want to have it instead of uh, 470 559 that's my price or else. Okay, so then you'll sit there, you know. Right. You're, um, you're not you're not serious about selling a house. I mean, you are hiring a professional to give you advice. And if you're not going to listen to the professional, then you can become a for sale by owner, sit there and then have every other realtor call you up for like the next month and wind up, you know, signing the house, you know, overpriced to to somebody else and you'll sit there. Mm-hmm. And so, Daryl Davis gave us a statistic like on my radio show on Wednesday. Um, something like for sale by owners are getting somewhere in between 20 and 30% less um, on sales than utilizing a realtor. And it's mind-boggling to me why you wouldn't, especially with all these new rules and regulations, get a realtor involved so that way you are advised properly. Well, you know, when when you're a for sale by owner and you, you just slap a sign on your lawn, you know, whatever, I mean, basically... You're you're uh, you're wholesaling your house because if you put it on a multiple listing and you have the exposure of over twenty five thousand realtors, I mean you're going to drive the price up. And especially if you stage the home correctly and it looks beautiful from the get go, you know you you're really going to you know sell that house quickly. Um, I have an example too. Uh, not only is it that it goes on MLS, but um, for now we're with Keller Williams. There are, uh, you know, we're the third largest in uh, uh, real estate company in the country. There's other large real estate companies that have similar infrastructures, although not quite what we have, I think. But um, for example, we not only take your listing from MLS, it goes on the New York Times, it goes on Newsday, it goes on Realtor.com, it goes oh, yes. on Julia, all of them, Yahoo, you know, Homes, Homes and Gardens, Google. Google, right. So it goes on to so many others. And just this week, now I had a rental, but um, on a Friday I got a call from somebody in California who was relocating, saw my rental on Realtor.com, gave me a call. The, that particular rental wasn't quite what they wanted. We found them in Floral Park. We gave them the whirlwind tour on Sunday. It was the second house we showed them because we had gone through and eliminated the ones that really didn't meet their needs, showed the, picked some more out, but they just took that second one. So we signed the lease on Monday. Tuesday, I get a call from somebody in Florida who saw our rental but had also called about the home in Floral Park. She had seen our uh, rental posting on Craigslist. And when she found out we were the ones that brought the customers to the, she had called the listing agent and found out, oh, that we just signed the lease on that last night. 
she called me not knowing because got it off Craigslist. And we were, you know, we're in the process of finding her something now, setting her up in our mapping program and everything. So we have quite a few um, options for her. But it's such a small world, and on one hand it's a small world, but it was somebody in Chicago on Realtor.com got to us. Somebody, we put it on Craigslist. Somebody from Craigslist in Florida calls us about the same, you know, the home. So there's such a, you know, putting a sign on the front as a for sale by owner, I just think you're limiting the people that are going to walk through the door, the right people walking through the door, because that's how you do it at this point. Right, and um, you're not pre-approving pre these people that walk in the door. You know, uh, right. you're just letting out any Tom, Dick, and Harry out on the street to come in your door. And, you know, to me, it just doesn't make sense. At least the realtors are bringing in pre-approved uh, buyers. Because right. Nobody, nobody, in, nobody in this market would waste their time with a buyer who hasn't been pre-approved. Yep, I totally agree. Um, I'm going to we it's 10, uh, 28. We have just a couple minutes. I do want to mention that starting on um, Tuesday nights, we're going to be doing a show. Oh, I have 30 seconds. Um, we're going to do a show, The Web Uncovered. It's going to be here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, it's for technical. It's LinkedIn, uh, all the social media, email marketing, and it's for... Um, not only small businesses, people looking for a job, uh, marketing yourself, um, and we've got a uh, blog up on the web uncovered. So we'll post all that on uh, welcome to the neighborhood ny.com. And but we decided to break off a technical point to, uh, show so we could have experts and and help everybody because whether it's a business or Karen sponsoring a little league and you want to get your information out, how do you focus your time on um, uh, that you have to use LinkedIn, to use Facebook? So um, I'd like to thank you both. We have just a couple minutes. Uh, Jason, yeah, I, your I just show. Say, I just oh, want to sure. say something about the new Hyde Park Little League. Um, oh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a fabulous, fabulous organization. I'm very proud to sponsor it uh, for the second year in a row, and I think that everybody in the league is just doing a phenomenal job, and, and New York State has just granted them $30,000 for their 50th anniversary, and hopefully we'll be getting lights. <laughs> oh, great. Right. And uh, it was it's just a phenomenal organization. Keep up the good work. Uh, um, I was just thinking the other day how I've met two good friends that have been since my son was in Little League a long time ago, and we became very good friends. So it's not only the kids that get have keep make and keep friends, but it's the parents too. So, Jason, you want to just give us a quick plug for your show, and then we're pretty much going to be out of time here. We're counting down. Sure. Uh, Real Deal of Real Estate it airs uh, on. 12:40 and 14:40 a.m. on um, Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. We have a uh, panel of experts. This week we're going to have um, a panel of four different um, real estate agents from different companies, just discussing, um, you know, the, what their approach is on the market and their different ideas and the way they go about doing things. And uh, one of our own uh, for Keller Williams, um, Katie Manchester is one of those guests. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, please tune in, and uh, if uh, 
if you guys have some time, 7 to 8 o'clock Wednesday night, 1240 and 1440 a.m. Yeah, I listen online, so you can go, go to their website, and it just um, you click listen live, and that works. And um, Okay, so we're just about out of time. I want to thank you both, and um, we'll be on next week, same time. Okay, All right. have a nice weekend. Thank Thanks, you Karen. So much. Have a great Take care, night. guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Aprite un po' quegli occhi, uomini incauti e sciocchi, guardate queste femmine, guardate cosa sono, guardate cosa sono.